If you're an American conservative, you know that the societal values we hold sacred are under attack. They are hanging in the balance. How can you protect those values? By staying informed. The closing argument will deliver news and supporting evidence you need to support and defend those values. Here's Paul Smith. Good morning. This is Paul Smith, your host of The Closing Argument. In these broadcasts, we discuss some of the important and controversial moral, political, and legal issues that affect us and our families today. Some of the things we discuss are indeed controversial and may be offensive to some of our audience. We're trying not to offend, but we do have to discuss some of these issues, and we think you'll find this enjoyable and enlightening. Today, we're going to talk about the 2022 Supreme Court decision on abortion. That is Dodd versus <clears throat> Dodd versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Now, this program is being recorded on May 4th, 2022. And I had just recorded another program about what, what I expected the court to do in a month or so, when two days ago on May 2nd, uh, a draft opinion of the Supreme Court Supreme Court's opinion was leaked to the press, and it dominated the news coverage, has now dominated it for about three days. Um, so we want to talk about that case. We always knew that was going to be an important case, and indeed it is. At this point, the draft indicates that a majority of the justices are prepared to overturn Roe in a certain sense. So for a few minutes, we're going to talk about that case and what happened, what we expect to happen, and the implications of all these developments. First of all, I want to talk about how that case came to the Supreme Court, because its journey there was very unique and, and uh, interesting. So Mississippi passed a law uh, uh, where the government uh, prohibited abortions uh, after 15 weeks. Now, under Roe v. Wade and the viability a standard that had been established, states were allowed to prohibit abortion after 24 weeks, that is when the fetus was viable, in, in order to protect the potential human life that a fetus was. The, uh, the Mississippi law would have extended that back to 15 weeks. And so uh, Jackson Women's Health Organization did not like it. And so they filed a lawsuit, and the, the lawsuit was uh, went through the court system. Uh, Jackson Women's Health prevailed, and the state, uh, through Dobbs, uh, applied to the Supreme Court for cert. Now, what's unusual in this case, the Supreme Court basically sat on this case for for over a year before they accepted it. They did not accept to take the case until May 17, 2021, at which time uh, the, uh, the three new justices that uh, President Trump had nominated were on the court. At that point, the, the conservatives had about a six to three majority on the court. Um, and, and as I was watching this and wondering when the court would take it, it, it would, became clear to me that the court delayed accepting cert until they believed they could get a result they wanted. I have no doubt that at that point, the conservative just 
justices who wanted to take that case believed that they could at least significantly modify Roe, if not overturn it. And in, in the broadcast I did about a week ago, I did not believe they would overturn Roe. I projected that they would uphold the Mississippi statute extending the time back to 15 weeks, basically giving the state another two months to prohibit abortion in order to protect the life, potential life of the fetus. <clears throat> I was wrong. I did not think the justices would have the courage to, to overturn that part of Roe. Now, I, I, I'm speaking as if they have already done it. We don't know. Maybe, maybe some of them will change their opinions right now. But uh, I, so the point is, uh, about a year ago now, the Supreme Court took the case and oral argument was heard December 1, 2021. And in February, this draft opinion was circulated and we just found out about it on May 2nd. And I've got it. I read most of it. It's about a hundred page opinion uh, that appears to have been written by Judge Alito. And frankly, a very good opinion. Uh, it, it's well worth, will be well worth reading. I mean, the Roe v. Wade case itself was perhaps the most important Supreme Court case in the last 50 years. And so if this opinion overturns it, it will similarly be very important for everyone to read and understand. Now, before I talk about what Judge Alito uh, appears to be doing in his ruling, let me take a few minutes and talk about some of the flaws in the Roe v. Wade decision. I wrote my book, The Fetal Right to Life Argument, in 1977, and then I republished it uh, two or three years ago because I it was, the issue was still pertinent and people really did not understand Roe. Everybody either liked Roe or didn't like it, but most people didn't know what Roe was about, even though they, they thought they did. And my book, I think, helps people understand what was happening in Roe. The, the, there are several uh, three or four flaws in, in Roe that I felt were very significant. First of all, I felt that the, the there was a, a Texas law that prohibited abortion. So Jane Roe, the fake name, filed the lawsuit, challenged the law, and the Supreme Court took the case. And, and the most fundamental part of their ruling was that they had authority to overturn the state statute. And to do that, they created, they identified a fundamental right, a woman's right to privacy to control her own body. So they did the two things together. Um, I didn't think the Supreme Court should have taken the case. I thought that was constitutionally improper. Second, the Supreme Court came up with its own uh, scheme of how to regulate abortion, which was judicial legislation, which I criticized at the time saying that was not constitutionally proper for the court to do that. They came up with their trimester scheme, which was that in the first trimester, a woman and her doctor could decide whether or not a woman could have an abortion. That in the second trimester, the state could prohibit abortion in order to protect the mother's life. And then in the last trimester, that the state could prohibit abortion in order to protect the potential human life. 
Of course, the fetus itself never had any rights. And in fact, the Supreme Court went on to say that a fetus is not a person within the meaning of the due process clause of the 14th Amendment. And I felt that was a gross mistake because just as they went out of their way to to say there's a woman's right to control her body, which was never enumerated anywhere, they very easily could have said that a fetus also has a right to continue living because laws in virtually every state had protected this right to life for many years. So I was critical of that as well as the legislative scheme. So you put these things together and and I felt it was a mistake and that the court needed to to uh, overturn it or pass a fetal right to life argument uh, uh, amendment which there were several attempt, attempts in the 1970s and early 80s but they never went anywhere now with that in mind what was going to happen in this dodd versus uh, women's women's uh, uh, jackson women's health organization what was going to happen my prediction was that the court would indeed discard the viability distinction, which uh, which was unique in Roe, and and they would allow it to go back earlier. It scientifically it made great sense to extend it back to 15 weeks. But this is after there's a heartbeat. I think the heartbeat beat can be detected after 12 weeks. In fact, the 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 fetus is pretty much formed quite a bit so that you can tell it's a, it's a human baby at, at 12 weeks. But uh, so I felt going back to 15 weeks would be something they could reasonably do. It would be a minor te- uh, uh, adjustment in row, in my opinion. But uh, and also, I didn't know that I did not think the judges would have the courage or guts to overturn row because row had become the foundation of so many other cases and laws that that uh, and after 50 years, it kind of become a part of our uh, constitutional jurisprudence. I just and and I didn't think Justice Roberts would go along, and I don't know if he's going along with this one. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Anyway, according to what was leaked, five justices, at least as of about February, are prepared to overturn Roe and to return the right to the states. So. Assuming they do that, let's let's answer a couple of questions. What effect would this have on the woman's right to control her own body? Would this right be overturned and eliminated? The answer is no. As, as I read in, in this opinion, they specifically acknowledged that, that such a right could continue. They pointed out, though, that that whatever right to privacy a woman had, it was never regarded as absolute, even in Roe. It was strictly uh, restricted in a number of ways. And, and now it would continue to be. So in essence, what happened or what will happen in this case, it's not a question of eliminating a woman's right to control her body. The, the case is saying the state's right, the state power, to legislate in the area of, of abortion and, and marriage and different things like this is a state right and that the federal government and through the Supreme Court should not usurp that right. If this right to control is returned to the states, this does not eliminate any fundamental right. 
but it does indicate that it was less powerful, that the federal government has to defer to the states. And frankly, under our Constitution, the Tenth Amendment, and my whole understanding of constitutional law, that is what should happen. We have in, in America what is called federalism, and we defer to the states in as many areas as we can. And what has happened since Griswold in 1965, the federal government through the Constitution has been encroaching on, on state rights for many years. And, uh, and, and one of the, so one of the questions you, that people will raise is what about same-sex marriage, the right that was recognized in the Obergefell case of, I think that was 2015, if I remember that right. Um, well, actually, I, I think that that is, could be in jeopardy because the federal government usurped something in an area of law that previously had belonged to the states. Now, I don't know that this will happen because it will require the votes of enough justices to do it. There's something different about the, the feel right to life, and that is uh, not only did we have uh, a federal government encroaching on states' rights, but we had the, the rights of a human being that had not been born yet, two competing rights. The Roe case had extinguished the fetal right to life. They did not have to do that. That was one of my serious criticisms of Roe. They had no right to do that. They should have stayed out of state law. And of course, at that time, there were at least 30 states that had laws prohibiting abortion. It wasn't like the the consensus of, of America had turned so that you know 90% of the states were we're allowing abortion. No, most of the states actually prohibited abortion in 1993. So it was totally improper, in my opinion, to do that. So, um, uh, so, but again, will they overturn Obergefell and the and the same-sex marriage? I think the issue here is is tougher if they were to do that because we don't have such a strong right. We're not dealing with a a fetus's right to life. On the, the other day, as, as President Biden was talking about, he talked about the fetus uh, being a, that a child would be aborted. And he kind of made this slip because the, the pro-abortion people will never refer to the aborted fetus as a child. Biden kind of slipped and, and said that. Another effect of uh, actually the leak occurring right now in early May, instead of waiting till the decision comes out two, two months from now, is this is having an impact on, on the two, 2022 congressional elections. The uh, uh, Democrats are quite animated by this and are, are saying that the Republicans uh, you know, are, are anti-abortion and, and therefore they're, they're, getting, they're encouraging all the women to support them as, as if all women favor abortion. Interestingly, the, the main speakers and, and leaders in, the, in uh, protecting fetal rights, however, are women who are very concerned about the little children. So the early release of the opinion, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm not going to get into a lot of details about that, but, and they're trying to track down who did it. And, and when they do find a person, he may be a national hero and a martyr for the Democrats, uh, but he will be soundly condemned by Republicans. And probably if it was, is an attorney, he will be disbarred, he or she. But but the other thing that is happening with the early release of the opinion, you can look at the opinion. So when the 
eventual opinion comes out in late June, people are going to look at the differences and say, where where did they change from February to, to June and why did they change? And then we'll also look to see what votes changed. So apparently, initially, there were five justices who were in a position to overturn Roe. I don't know where Justice Roberts is. That will be very interesting. Uh, Justice Roberts has been a, a fascinating justice to examine. He has come down with conservatives on a number of issues, but he has, some will say, has sided with the liberals also on some issues that has caused people to raise their eyebrows or, or get mad at him, the conservatives. But I am of the opinion he, for the most part, is conservative and a strict constructionist, but but I have found that he uh, he has gotten involved in verbal gymnastics and word wordsmithing and so forth to support some decisions that I felt were were not justified. His he uh, he was the lone justice that prevented the Affordable Care Act from being overturned, and I felt his reasoning in that case was was not sound and. But to me, it indicates about him. He really likes the status quo and doesn't like to doesn't like to change things. He's very reluctant to overturn anything, and uh, I don't think he's turned you know totally blue, so to speak. But he is fascinating. So in this case, I don't know where he stood. And when the final vision uh, decision comes out, I'll be very anxious to find out who, with whom he votes and whether he puts his own concurring opinion in there. Because uh, it looks to me like there is going to be a five-vote margin that, that is sufficient to send this back to the states. Another question that comes up is, it's just been within the last four, four or five years that three Supreme Court justices uh, have come to the court, three conservatives, Judge Gorsuch, Judge Kavanaugh, and Judge Barrett. And one of the things they played on TV were clips from them at their confirmation hearings, where the clip seems to say that they they would they recognized low, uh, Roe as 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 being accepted law, and and seemed to say that they would not, or at least be very reluctant to overturn it. Uh, and so they have been accused of lying. Uh, I think a close listening to and reading of their words would indicate it was not a lie. Uh, it would indicate that they are just stating their philosophy. The case, of course, did not come before them at their hearings. And stare decisis is, is the principle of the court where they are reluctant to overturn cases, but are actually uh, are, want to accept whatever the court has previously done. The unusual aspect of the Roe case was that the court in Roe departed from the previous standards for stare decisis and came up with a new basis for dispensing with previous stare decisis rules. And so when the court makes a serious mistake like that, should stare decisis prevent them from correcting that error? And I think the judges, the justices, uh, five of them are saying, no, we need to correct it. Uh, and so they did. I hope that's a little bit helpful on this case. The um, 
Another question that now presents is there are several other cases working through the system, including one in Texas, where a few months ago, Texas passed a law that said once there was a heartbeat in the baby, that a party, anybody, could bring a civil suit to file an injunction to stop the abortion, as well as suing for civil damages. A very strange case, in addition to going back to from the moment there was a heartbeat. That case that went to the Supreme Court initially, and they sent it back in December of last year, saying, well, it's, you know, A, you've sued some judges and legislators. That's improper. And they sent it back. And as I was looking up on that case a couple of days ago, it went back to the Fifth Circuit, and the Fifth Circuit then referred it to the Texas Supreme Court. And I think the law went into effect such that it is possible that an appeal could be brought. But now with the Dobbs case about to come out, it would change a lot of things, and maybe that case would never be brought. So anyway, I hope that discussion is helpful. Again, one final thing I would point out, the discussion of the Roe v. Wade case, and whether it was a good or a bad case, that debate will continue. The book I've written, A Fetal Right to Life Argument, is just as important now as ever. The abortion issue, which has divided our country, will not stop with the Dobbs case. The Dobbs case, that matter is going to be a part of almost every national and presidential campaign, and people are going to continue to talk about how good Roe was and what Roe did. And in my opinion, if the court does what the preliminary draft indicates they're going to do, they've made a very important correction to preserve our Constitution. But that won't put an end to people debating about abortion, and you would necessarily have different abortion laws in different states, and so people are going to go different places to get abortion procedures if their state doesn't allow it. And that's too bad in a sense, but we're in a federalism, and I think it's a good return to state control versus national control over everything. There are so many other aspects of our life that are now being controlled more and more by the federal government, and some of them in terrible ways. Our education system is too controlled by federal mandates and policies. And so I actually think the country will be tremendously better helped as we return more to state control of different things. Anyway, that concludes our discussion for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Just remember this, that the liberties we enjoy in America can be maintained only when its citizens are moral and informed participants in our democratic processes. I hope that the closing argument helps to accomplish this. We'll see you next time. This is Paul Smith.